So check this out. Bright Hire just launched this amazing AI sidekick called Bright Hire Plan. It's like having your very own AI assistant that can build full interview plans in just minutes. Imagine going from a job title to a thoughtfully crafted, inclusive job description and a full structured interview plan in minutes. No, not hours anymore. It's a game changer for recruiters and hiring managers. I know I'm usually the one to hate on new tech, but honestly, this sounds incredible. This is AI used right for better quality and more efficiency. It's like the holy grail of recruiting. Dozens of companies from high growth startups to multi-billion dollar enterprises are already using Bright Hire Plan to save tons of money, time, and raise the quality of their hiring. And here's the best part. You can give Bright Hire Plan a spin for free. That's right, for free for 30 days. Just head over to brighthire.com to get started. That's brighthire.com to get started. Cheeseman out. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? You know what's up? It's firing squad time. This is your favorite guilty pleasure, the Chad and Cheese podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. Joined, as always, the Starsky to my hutch, Chad Sowash. And today we welcome Visage. Co-founder and CEO Josh LeFrancois is with us on the show. Josh, welcome to Firing Squad. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a childhood uh, uh, dream of mine to be on that show. Oh, stop it. <laughs> childhood? It's my Oprah moment. He's already buttering us up for the show. Uh-huh. He said childhood. They just <laughs> fucking called us old. That's not buttering shit up. <laughs> well, I'm not signing off well. A childhood dream of mine. <laughs> what an asshole thing to chat. say right out of the gate. <laughs> he must be French. All right, Josh, for, for those our listeners that don't know you, uh, which is probably all of them, give us a little Twitter bio about you. What makes Josh tick? Huh. So, well, I'm Joss LeFrancois. Um, I live near Austin, uh, Texas, on a, on a ranch. I live with my wife and four-year-old four year boy um, and all sorts of farm animals. Um, as you can probably guess from the accent, I'm not from Austin originally. I'm actually from... No shit. It's from Houston. West Texas. <laughs> no, he's from my joke. He's from Waco. Uh, no. Yeah, Waco. French, uh, Marseille, the south of France, but I've been away from France for the past uh, 17 years. Uh, spent six years in, in London. This is where I learned recruiting. Then six years in Dubai and the past five in, in the US, originally in California. And then, you know, like a lot of us invading the great state of Texas. So I recruitment, that's, I fell into it right after university. A friend of mine called me to start a recruitment business. Um, he said that was very easy. We'll just call around companies and ask if they needed people and make money. That wasn't so easy. We'll get into more of that in the show. We wanted to just find out who you were, were as a person. It, it's using the accent is what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. So, Chad, tell him what he's won today. Well, Joss, you'll have two minutes to pitch Visage. 
At the end of two minutes, you're going to hear that bell, and Joel and I will hit you with rapid fire Q and A. If your answers uh, are droning on, you're going to get hit with the crickets. Or if you sound too French, we'll probably hit you with the crickets as well. Uh, at the end of Q and A, you will get one of these ratings first. The big applause. You will be crowd surfing your way to success. Golf clap. <laughs> We're not really seeing a crowd, which means you need to make more noise or the surf isn't coming up. And last but never least, a crowd can also turn into a mob if your plan isn't tight. And in this case, you should be afraid of the pitchforks and torches because this ain't working, kids. That's Firing Squad. Are you ready, Joss? I think I am. Ready for a revolution. Two minutes starting now. Right, so Visage helps large employers and RPOs find and engage top passive talent. Um, so as you know, hiring has never been harder. In March, there was in the US 11.5 million job openings and only 6.5 million hires in that same period. So that's a, a 4 million delta. Uh, pre-pandemic, the delta was only 1 million. So the consequence of this is an imbalance in uh, and the only way you can win in this competitive market is to go after passive candidates. And it doesn't matter if you are Google, Airbus, or Amazon, you need to go and find uh, these candidates. So the whole way of going about it was to hire a bunch of sources uh, or ask already overstretched recruiters to be proactive and source on, on LinkedIn or other sourcing, pl- sourcing platforms. The new way, Visage, uh, you automatically push from uh, UITS, the jobs that uh, don't have enough uh, qualified candidates to visage for overnight sourcing. We get you a list of great matches. You reach out to them with a personalized drip campaigns with one click. So now let me tell you about the secret sauce. Um, unlike a lot of our competitors out there in the sourcing space, we don't trust algorithms can do an accurate and unbiased job. So that's why what we do is we blend geek sourcers, yeah, that's humans searching candidates and AI. Um, so the way this works is that our, autom- our curated community of freelancers will identify candidate profiles or on over 40 different sources. And then OER will ensure the quality of submissions. And this human method in the loop methodology help us improve the accuracy versus pure AI models. For reference, our users approved and contact 70% of the time the candidates that we uh, provide to them. And, all, all right, right Josh, your time is up to pitch your company. Thank you. Let's get into it, shall we? Either I'm a dumb American or I'm just dumb. Uh, the first time we talked about your company on the show, I said Visage instead of Visage. I had to look it up. Uh, Webster's defines visage, visage. See, I did it again. A person's face with reference to the form or proportions of the features, Mm -hmm. also a person's facial expression. So what's up with the name? Why'd you pick something so hard for us Americans to pronounce? And also, why the dot jobs? The TLD is a little bit unique and also typically means it's a place to find jobs. So walk me through the name of the company. Oh, Man, I want 100 bucks. I bet with my team that would be the very first question you ask, Joe. So you are prepared. <laughs> the name and the job. <laughs> yeah. So Visage, 
it means the face. You are, we are the new face of recruiting. The, the way the name came about, I was playing with names with a friend of mine. Uh, and the brands I liked, Visa was one of them. And Visage came. And yeah, the new face of recruiting. The dot jobs. And, and the dot job, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually didn't know where the dot jobs came from until you, you spoke about it, I think, in one of, on one of the shows. Um, and honestly, that's... Uh, we could, you know, we tried to buy the dot com. Um, they wanted way too much money for it. We prefer to focus on uh, on the product, and um, you know, kind of made a point of keeping the dot jobs and and show that we can be a very important company, having a silly uh, dot jobs that usually for. So this is not a very good justification, but that's mine. All right, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. So you were founded in 2016, and you've received roughly 11 million dollars um, in Series A funding. Where, where, where's the money gone in terms of the investment? What are yeah. you spending money on? Yeah, mostly on on product, and I would say you know direct go to market as opposed to to marketing. Um, for so for a little story, that's my second company. The first one was a a more traditional recruitment agency RPO type that I sold back in in 2015. Um, and that gave me quite a bit of, um, you know, uh, cash to start Visage. So that's why we didn't have to raise that much money all these years um, to get to where we are today. Um, and so, yeah, products, uh, go to market. That's what we spend the money on. Okay, Joss. So you said in the pitch when clients don't have enough candidates. So how long do you wait to engage to find candidates for them. So do you, do you allow them to go do their job posting and then it falls flat? So then you engage your sourcers. How, how does the process actually work for your current clients? Yeah, so there, there are two ways. You can you know go on your ITS and pick Visage as a, uh, like you would pick LinkedIn when you advertise, or you want to advertise on LinkedIn. Uh, that, so that's one way, that's a manual action. So it's the recruiter deciding whether they want to um, uh, get supplement sourcing or not. Uh, the other way, and it's the you know, the better way, with some very large employers out there, we've we've got what we call aut- automate, automated triggering. So it means that if within 20 days, as an example, you don't have five uh, qualified uh, candidates on your job, the job is automatically pushed to us uh, for supplemental sourcing. So you have thresholds that are actually set up so that mm-hmm. when the organization either goes internal or they go external, whatever they do. As you see through your integrations that they don't have enough, then it automatically triggers and then it, you get to work at that point, correct? Exactly. That's to really alleviate the mental load and make sure that you don't ever have a job uh, that doesn't have qualified candidates against. Okay. So th- this is outbound. Do you also take a look at the applicant tracking system candidate database or any of the candidate databases that have been built by the organization since for the most part, they're generally not using them. Yeah, no, we will fresh. We go, what we believe is that, you know, candidate data needs to be fresh. Uh, and especially in the past years, you know, a lot of people have changed jobs. Um, and mm-hmm. so you need to go to the primary source, whether it's, you know, LinkedIn, uh, Xing in Germany or other social network and, and job boards. Okay. Um, so we are not a, in the database business. We're all about uh, getting you the freshest data and matching candidates against your jobs. Okay. Well, crowdsourcing and AI and machine learning mm. seems somewhat redundant. So help me understand using crowdsourcing yeah. and 
AI and ML, because again, those both are used to help scale. One is a human way to right. scale. The other one is, is, is not, is a robotic way to scale. Yeah. Why do you need both? Talk to me about that. Well, we try for the longest time to go AI only, you know, match candidates with algorithms to jobs. And we just couldn't find the right accuracy. So it means that, you know, if you use any sourcing platform out there, even the really sophisticated ones, at most, you'll agree with the algorithm 10 to 15% of the time. But when you have a human in the loop, especially a specialized sourcer, someone, for instance, who only does a Java developer role, well, you probably, you know, if they are good, you probably agree with them. And that's what's happening on our platform uh, 70% of the time. So the first is like accuracy and the fact that you've got someone doing the sourcing that you can trust and, and communicate with. And the second thing is like to have more diversity in your candidate slate. Um, you know, if you use algorithms, you always surface the same candidates, the ones that have said obvious, the obvious things on their resume, the ones mm -hmm. that top, come on top. And that uh -huh. creates a lot of issues. It means that it's always the same candidates being surfaced at, at the top. Uh, you've got a lack of diversity. Uh, as you know, people from uh, minorities and, and background, uh, different backgrounds tend not to write their resume uh, the, in, a, in a way that is going to be picked up by uh, algorithms. And finally, you know, you, there are new laws out there. For instance, the anti-bias law that's coming up in New York, whereby they are going to ask you to audit and see if there is you know, biases in your in your algorithms and our method is different we ask real people five to twelve sources on each job they all think with their different brains they are themselves from diverse background and as a result um, you know a very large you know tech companies I won't name here but uh, they thought uh, they had the best sourcing technology that's algorithms to surface candidates and as it and visage would not be able to help them with net new candidates, but as it happens, 47% of the candidates we, they receive from us, they've never seen before. And that's because of that technology, that human focus that um, brings all the diversity in, in, in the slate that I've okay. mentioned. Well, it sounds like you, you started trying AI first mm. and the AI wasn't trained or, or tweaked uh, enough. Now, it sounds like you're using human sourcers to actually train the AI to get it ready so yeah. that you can start to scale with machines and less humans. Tell me, Talk to me about that. So what we think is that we there will always be a human component and we need to see where the human adds the most value. So the way we've engineered that, we kind of reversed. So um, the humans are submitting resumes, the algorithms are being trained, uh, and that helps us to refine, to uh, disqualify the obvious, the candidates that are not obviously not a match. Um, is there, are we going to get rid of the sources at some point? I doubt. I think there will always be in some capacities on jobs, the need for human intervention. And that's to you know bring more diversity in the pipeline. That's to navigate with the nuance that you know a job description is written by a human, a resume written by a human. There is a lot of ambiguity, a reading between the lines. And that's what humans are great at. Um, so we, you know, our vision is that we always have a human in the loop and that's our differentiator. And that's why customers come to us um, when they, they want something different. But you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. So tell, <laughs> talk about these sourcers. Are these full-time employees? Are they contractors? Yeah. If they are contractors, how are they compensated? Do you have a special training for them or you just sort of yeah. let them go with what they've learned on their own? Right. Great question. So 
or sourcer, anybody can be a sourcer. You could, you know, sign up on our, uh, on a website and do a technical test. And then we are going to uh, test you on real jobs. It means that you are going to uh, be able to submit a limited number of candidates among other sourcers on, on a limited number of jobs. And as you prove that your candidates are a match, then you get uh, the opportunity to uh, uh, work on more jobs. And this is how you're, the way you're compensated is that every time you submit a candidate that goes through or mismatch algorithm, then you get a, um, a, a bounty. A bounty, it's a nominal uh, amount. It doesn't matter if the candidate gets contacted by the client or hired or anything, it's immediate gratification. So our people are gig workers, they work all over the world. Um, there is no correlation between where a sourcer is based and, and their ability to find the right candidates. What matters is their domain expertise. So if you submitted great candidates on a, on, I don't know, a marketing, uh, manager role in Singapore one day, we're going to call you again for a similar role, uh, in San Francisco, the, the next, uh, and immediate gratification, you get paid the, the next week. The week after, sorry. So you say you get you get paid a nominal fee just to find uh, mm-hmm. candidates. Can you define yeah. nominal? I mean, I assume it's enough to keep them doing it, but is it based yeah. on the job? Is it based on what's it based on? Yeah. So when uh, the job is posted, we parse the job and uh, we score the difficulty, and that's going to define how much you get paid by submission. Okay. Um, a very active sourcer on our platform will make five hundred bucks a week. Uh, and it's predictable. Uh, they can work in their own time. Okay. Uh, we've got a lot of, you know, uh, moms that are going back to work. A, l- a lot of our sourcers are uh, based overseas, and it's it's something we are very proud. We bring economic op- opportunity to these people who are not necessarily don't necessarily have access to them. So you don't care how they find the people. You don't give them uh, access to a, a huge database. Like you're on your own to find who you, who you find. Correct. Essentially, we. Exactly. You gotta come with your. You need to, you know, we give you resources to train yourself as a sourcer, but we expect that you are going to bring your own assets, your LinkedIn recruiter license, and and so on. And could one job like could that set off a bunch of recruiters? Do you limit the number mm. of recruiters that can take a certain job? How does yeah. that work? On average, um, you know, between five, five and twelve sourcers are going to touch the job. But so you claim the job, you've got thirty minutes to. Uh, start submitting resumes, and if you don't, then it's released. And that's what clients love about it. <laughs> they usually post jobs on, you know, if it's manually triggered, they're gonna post their job on Friday. So on Monday, when they come back to work, they can see a perfect uh, shortlist of candidates across all their jobs. Gotcha. So you have quite a bit of of competition, and I assume that you're gonna get more and more. We've talked about Robot mm. on the show. Uh, humanly, Eightfold, Recruity, um, there are a lot out there. How do you explain yourself to potential customers in terms of the difference between what you guys do and what so many competitors do? Yeah, so we focus on the problem that they want to solve. The problem is uh, that they want to uh, activate the passive candidate uh, channel, i.e. they don't have enough qualified candidates applying for uh, some jobs. And they don't, you know, their, their recruiters are too busy. They carry too many racks, uh, uh, and they don't have a sourcing team. Then they come and talk to us. If they are looking for a, a, a pure a technology play, uh, then you've got, you know, all the companies you mentioned and our friends at Hire Easy and, and Seek Out. I always take the, the same, 
you know, analogy, when you buy a uh, sourcing you know, tool like uh, Hire, Hire Easy or Seekout, you're buying like a Tesla. It's, it's, it's a great car. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, uh, features and uh, you can go very fast and so on. But when you hire Visage, it's like the Tesla with the, uh, the you know, the autopilot because it's like having a sourcing uh, team at your fingertips. Um, and so it's like really the intersection of, of tech um, and service. And it's particularly important in today's world where uh, there are just not enough recruiters in the world right now to help these companies achieve their growth plan. What's up, guys? I got a question for you. What happens when you bring the power of AI to programmatic advertising? Well, game-changing efficiency, of course. What does that mean to you? Improved conversion rates, reduced cost per application, and ultimately the one metric that we all know truly matters, reduced cost per hire. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, great news. This technology already exists. Introducing HireMaster.ai. HireMaster.ai is a data-driven model that analyzes a wide range of data sources. It considers factors such as candidate demographics, job type, industry, and historical performance data. It continuously monitors and optimizes your job advertising campaigns to adapt to changing market conditions and maximum results. HireMaster AI empowers recruiting teams to work more efficiently and effectively by automating certain tasks and providing valuable data-driven insights. Why not give it a shot today? Learn more and start your trial by visiting HireMaster.ai now. That's H-I-R-E-M-A-S-T-E-R dot A-I. Okay, so who is your target customer? You talked about RPOs, yeah. talked about big organizations. Is that really, you're looking at high value targets and that's yeah. really your, your focus right now? Yeah, um, 5,000 plus employees minimum with a strong bias towards the very, the largest one, Fortune 500 multinationals. Um, if, you know, if you are a Fortune 100, uh, you know, very likely you are using directly your product or one of your RPOs is using your, your product. Uh, RPOs, why? Because uh, they uh, focus on, you know, the entire end-to-end process. Uh, they want to uh, deal with seasonality, supercharge their sourcing and not have an army of sourcers around the world to help them um, uh, deliver uh, on their invent- inventory. So those two segments large RPOs, large enterprise. Okay. So between those two, where's your main priority? Is it the RPO or is it major enterprise? Like right now, we, 50, 50, 50% of our revenue exactly comes from enterprise, 50% from RPO and, mm-hmm. and it's all marketing and go to market uh, team is reflecting that, that split. Okay. Well, since you brought it up, what do those revenues look like? What's your ARR, your MRR? What's that look like? Yeah, so um, so we sell subscriptions. So it means that clients, depending on the volume of jobs that they require sourcing, will purchase a package for the year. And in terms of where we are at in our uh, revenue, we are in the high teens, uh, million dollar AR. Gotcha. Okay. So let's talk about how you're actually penetrating systems. Uh, are you working with uh, through partnership models or is this all direct? Do, do you have a kind of like a, a multi-pronged way of going after the market or is it just direct? Yeah. Right now we only have pretty much one channel. So direct means that we have a, a demand generation team, a sales team. We are going to uh, 
network uh, and engage their way to discuss with these uh, buyers at RPOs and an enterprise. Uh, you know, if we look at our clients, uh, uh, word of the mouth is one third, uh, referrals, uh, another third, and sales uh, generated um, uh, another third. Um, we do play extensively the card of integration because we really believe that we should, you know, we don't want to recreate a, an ATS, a CRM. We just want to play with those guys um, and, and build beautiful integration so to help our clients. Uh, so that's all. That's our strategy. So again, talk about revenues. Now let's talk about pricing. If I'm a big organization, mm -hmm. uh, software as a service. Okay, great. How is this priced out? Is it per seat? Is it per job? Obviously, it's not per seat, or, or maybe it is because you're working directly yeah. with recruiters who are being superpowered by your your sourcer. So, so tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. So we essentially we look at what LinkedIn does, and we go the opposite oh. direction. That's kind of a <laughs> generally okay. what we do. Um, product wise, pricing wise, go to market wise, um, and so what buyers are fed up with LinkedIn is the, the fact that they're buying seats and that's not the job to be done is not to buy a seat for a recruiter. The job to be done is to fill jobs as quickly and as cheaply as possible. So uh, the way we price things is based on the number of jobs that we believe will require sourcing. So we look at the, uh, the job mix in the organization and focus on those professional and technical roles and suggest a, um, a subscription amount uh, for the organization. We may start, you know, fairly small. So we give, you know, you can give access to all your team members and hiring managers um, because it helps to have the email comes from the hiring manager instead of you, the recruiter. Um, and um, it starts, you know, around fifty thousand dollars. You know, as you you start with us and you involve a few team members. And our largest uh, client today spend two point four million dollars a year with us. A lot of really smart people are predicting a recession. Uh, we know in our business that when recessions happen, mm. some companies win, some companies lose. How are you guys preparing yeah. yourselves for the potential recession that's around the corner? Um, and do you think it's essentially a good thing for you uh, going forward? Yeah, great question. First, yeah, that's my, I've had two downturns in my career and I always find those moments very interesting and and especially when you are very lean like we are we didn't we didn't raise a lot of capital we are aiming for profitability next year uh we are just focused on you know uh, make delivering value and, and making money and being very lean um we know that it's going to impact us there is no doubt about it and we need to be very focused on these uh areas pockets of growth uh you know, sectors, geography. The beauty of Visage is that 70% uh, of our revenue comes from the US and the rest from the rest of the world. 100% um, of our business comes from either RPOs who tend to be fairly resilient during downturns and enterprise well, who have less knee-jerk reaction in comparison to SMBs. Um, and, and finally, you know, 60% of the jobs that are posted on Visage are IT software yeah. related. And there is such a need, and even in the past two recessions, that they, that need didn't disappear overnight. Like we still need those software yep. engineers, gotcha. no matter what. Your site talks about uh, your product overcoming bias and that you have certified diversity mm. sourcers. What exactly is a certified diversity yeah. sourcer? And who certifies them? Yeah. 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 So we, <laughs> yeah, thanks for asking. So we, 
we've got a um, diversity sourcing academy uh, that has been uh, set up by uh, Angie Veros that you might you might know. She's uh, one of the well-known leader in, in sourcing and, and diversity. And she's essentially built a training program and a certification to help all uh, sourcers who are interested in, in you know, participating to understand how they can uh, um, find a more diverse slate uh, for the jobs uh, that we have open uh, on our platform. And that's something that uh, they, they know that's uh, um, something that's really desired by our clients. Um, and we give them the tools, the tricks uh, to be very good at it. And then they can put it on their resume and, you know, use their experience elsewhere as if they desire. So you guys do that. It sounds like the, the team is really interesting. What Talk about the makeup of the, of the team. It sounds like your sales force is, is contracted or outsourced and you have people certifying. What's the team look like and how big is it? Yeah. So we've got about 80 people working at Visage. We are fully remote, fully distributed. We used to have an office in San Francisco, but then we ran out of money. So uh, I went back to my mom and um, <laughs> so everybody went home. Uh, but then, then that was just like the way we designed it. So we all, all mentorized, hired the best people out there. It doesn't matter where they are. And that makes us uh, have, we have probably 20 people in the US now, the rest all over the world, very diverse. 70% uh, of my leadership team is um, uh, from diverse background. Uh, so yes, I'm a white guy, but I'm surrounded by very strong international uh, diverse people who are bringing that uh, dimension to uh, to the company. Um, so yeah, all sorts of, nation of nationalities. I think we've got 27 nationalities on, wow. on staff now. Awesome. Awesome. So the first time I even heard of Visage, as I think Joel spoke about earlier, is when you got funding. So from a marketing standpoint, mm. uh, this is a very loud, very noisy market. How in the hell yeah. are you guys going to cut through this clutter? It's the French accent. Cut, cuts through every yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, uh, that, that, that only took me so far. <laughs> no, at some point you got to, you know, it's not a re repeatable and scalable model. Um, <laughs> the one thing that we... Over the years, we've really focused on the product, and that's why most of our clients came from world of the mouth, referrals, and, and so on. Neglected marketing. Uh, why? Because, you know, I don't like funding wise, I, I, I could not, I'm not, I don't come from a like, tech or VC background. So we played the game, we raised a, um, a, a few millions. Uh, by the way, what, when is this show going out? Probably in a few weeks. I have another announcement uh, very soon. Hit the announcement. Hit it. Hit it. We want to ah. hear it. We'll, we'll time it just right. At least two months. At uh, least two yeah, to three yeah. months. So we've, yeah, we've raised another um, uh, eight million dollar total. Hello, and that's and that's a. I mean, that's a very small round, you know. A plus comparison to where we are. Back to my question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the question. So, um, how do we cut through the clutter? Um, I think they like being really targeted on these very large accounts. We are the only ones that have the info security, uh, GDPR, all the things that al allow uh, you to, to work with these uh, larger companies. Um, and, you know, being very intentional about uh, content marketing, uh, thought leadership, events, because no, we don't have $50 million to, to spend. My marketing budget for this year is probably a couple of millions and we'll do just great events, uh, giving back value to the, the community. 
Well, like we say on the show, you don't fail because you have not enough money. You fail because you have too much money. All right, that's the bell, Joss. Are you ready to face the firing Uh squad? (laughs) Don't get too excited. I'm going to go ahead and take it first, Chad. Okay. Let's, Let's tick off the boxes here. You've got experience in the industry. You've raised a good amount of money, uh, but not too much. You've made it to the five year or, or almost six year period of the business, mm. so you, you've shown you've shown uh, success. You're in the teens of millions, I think you said in terms of, of revenue per year. Yeah, which is these are some great milestones to make as a company. So as you look to what you guys do, I think I think you augment recruiting. I think that you aren't looking to replace mm. recruiters. In fact, I think you're giving them an opportunity where a lot of people are are giving exactly. up on sourcing and, and sourcers. You guys are giving them an opportunity. I think the AI, how the, the sourcers are training the AI is a little bit gray box to me. I, I'm not sure how that's going to play mm-hmm. out. I think you're going to continue to be sort of a human um, heavy business, but it doesn't sound like you're on the hook for a lot of money um, to have these folks on staff. You're only paying them if there's actually jobs there and they actually do work. The diversity play, I think, is interesting. I think, you know, certifying or have some sort of, of training on your own that makes you a diversity play is legitimate. You're not just putting diversity on your site. I do think that as the recession comes, you're going to be okay. Like you said, you haven't raised a ton of money. You can pivot to, to industries that are still needing people. We talk about healthcare, you know, service, trust. Et cetera. You're always going to have something there, I think, that that will have a need. And technology also will probably be there um, as well. Pricing-wise, we didn't get too deep into that, uh, but I think it sounds like you have a competitive product. Even though you have a lot of competition, I think you have a pretty nice little corner in our industry. So for me, Visage, I do hate the name, though. That's the only box mm-hmm. you don't check off. But I'm willing to overlook it for everything else that you do right. Joss... You get a big applause from yeah, fromage. <laughs> fromage. Merci. Get him, Chad. My turn, kids. Okay, so first and foremost, Joss, when I go to a website and it says pricing and plans and you send me to a lead, a lead page, that pisses me <laughs> off right out of the gate. Number two, when there is marketing, you've got these great videos that are like an hour or 20 minutes long. Nobody's going to sit through that shit. Cut that up. Use it as snackable pieces, man. You have tens of, of hundreds of perspective videos and mm. marketing to be able to get out there and suck people in. And then they can see your pricing, which you should post. And then you can get them to actually buy. Scale. Joel doesn't see how you're going to be able to scale without humans. Dude, I see it. Humans don't scale well and they are expensive. I see your model moving more toward a single auditor which allows those machines to scale better and for your margins to actually increase, which I love. Direct, usually I hate companies that go only direct. They don't have a direct and a partner type of uh, a prong to their go-to-market. Although you're different because you are going only after high value targets. So I totally get that. I believe from an RPO standpoint, I know for a fact, RPOs are always looking to trim headcount and they want a fluid system they can tap into to be able to quickly and easily get candidates over into their clients. You fit that bill so nicely, which in this point even helps to make you recession proof because those Ronstads, those House of HRs, Decos, might've heard of these guys before, they are going to want to downsize even more to be able to focus on EBITDA, which means they're going to need platforms like you, right? So they can scale better. Timing's great. 
Team is great. 70% revenues, US and RPOs. IT software related. I can't say anymore, man. This is a big applause for oh, me. Shit. The dub- oh, shit. The double man. big applause, Joss. Ooh, it's sexy. And it's not just because <laughs> wow. you have that great accent, man. It's more than that. <laughs> right. How do you feel, Joss? Oh, gosh. I think I'm going to take the day off. And, you know. <laughs> Why not? You're French. It's yeah, built right. in. Thank take the day off. Have some wine and uh-huh. cheese. I uh-huh. love it. I, I know. So for our listeners who want to learn more about Visage or maybe get a discount for being on the show, where would you send them, Joss? Yeah, so they can go on our website with the magnificent visage.jobs um, uh, domain um, or ping me on LinkedIn, uh, Joss. Uh, Le François, I accept all the invitation coming from people from all, all space. He's full of that French love, accepts everybody on LinkedIn. Chad, another one in the can. This one was fun. We out. We out. This has been the Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Cheese podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.